Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Welcome to Tuesday's edition of Locked on Women's Basketball. I am your host, Erica Lindsay Ayala, and today in the United States, it is National Voter Registration Day. If you are not registered to vote, go ahead and do that. Um, So much has happened in this country in the last four years. Unfortunately, we just lost another Supreme Court justice. So regardless of what your political leanings are, this is an important time to vote. And the WNBA will remind you of just that, as well as a lot of other uh, sports leagues. And I'll get into a little bit of that, uh, certainly on Thursday, which is our Social Justice Thursday. Last week was a big one, talking about Breonna Taylor and the settlement coming from the city of Louisville, Kentucky, and there'll be more news it's looking like with respect to the grand jury. And um, I will take you through that later in the week on Thursday. But there's lots to get into today. Again, going to dedicate this to not only National Voter Registration Day, but also to the late, great Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, If you are not following Jackie Powell, I highly recommend doing so as um, if, if I can make any inferences from the Zoom circuit. That's, you know, what I call the different Zoom rooms where it happens, where um, I got to spend some time in there talking to some coaches and players earlier in the week and over the weekend. And Jackie Powell was making her rounds and sounds like she'll have something on Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So check that out over at the next, of course, our own Howard Megdal is the creator and editor-in-chief of The Next, which is a part of The Nine, The Nine newsletter where I write hockey. So lots of updates, but um, let's get into it. Today is game day. We have two semifinals. Um, And there was a little bit of drama over the weekend. Sunday, we were supposed to get two semifinals. First, Las Vegas hosting the Connecticut Sun, the one seed and the seven seed going at it. And then you have the Seattle Storm, the two seed, and I believe the Lynx came in at five. Am I getting that right? I should have pulled that up, so that's my bad. But I believe they're the five seed um, coming in, and uh, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. But instead of it being game two for both games, we'll just get this out of the way. Um, The Minnesota Lynx and the Seattle Storm did not play on Sunday. They did not play on Sunday. And this episode came out a little bit later in the day because not only did the, the Minnesota Lynx and the Seattle Storm not play Sunday, but we really haven't gotten any major updates from the league since they announced on um via email and then on espn that they would not play the games because of some inconclusive covid testing and so how it's been working is um obviously any positive test and a player is ineligible we've also seen Um, inconclusive tests 
in the WNBA, and that has led to players individually being unavailable for the game. However, um, and we're making some assumptions here because media didn't get to speak to Kathy Engelbert. Uh, She only spoke to Holly Rowe on ESPN, and I'll play a clip of that shortly. But the statement that we got that we were able to report on as media was after receiving inconclusive COVID-19 test results for today, After receiving inconclusive COVID-19 test results today for players from the Seattle Storm, the WNBA announced that Game 1 of the WNBA semifinals between the Seattle Storm and the Minnesota Lynx has been postponed out of an abundance of caution. Players with inconclusive results have undergone additional testing today and are currently in isolation. The new date for Game 1 will be communicated as developments warrant. And as promised, let's hear what Kathy Engelbert told Holly Rowe um, at what would have been tip-off for Game 1 between the Minnesota Lynx and the Seattle Storm. Thank you, Ryan. Well, I am here with Kathy Engelbert. And how did the events of today unfold where you had to make this difficult decision? Yeah, so Holly, as you know, player health and safety and staff health and safety were number one when we were planning this back in May into June and number one today now that we're in the semifinals. So... Uh, you know, we've got some tests back for uh, the Seattle team, and um, they were inconclusive. So we, you know, really when there's, especially if there's multiple players on a team, we really can't take a chance to expose the, the bubble to uh, any kind of community spread. We need to see, get more data, get more testing, get more data to see whether we have an issue or not. And so we decided to postpone the game. As soon as um, I talked to them, it was clear they were, you know, obviously concerned. We're all concerned about health and safety while we're here, and it wasn't about basketball at that point. It was around doing the right thing, and we decided after talking with the players, talking with some other league officials, talking with some of our uh, medical safety, player health and safety, that this was the right thing to do. So we could just have another day or two to get more testing back. So far, everything has worked in the bubble because we followed the science. And while it's been hard because we had previous players miss games during the regular season because we were following um, following the science, and you know the virus is so unpredictable that it takes time to run these tests and then to get those results and to evaluate them then for purposes of returning a player to play or a coach or a trainer. So we've dealt with several of these and again, this was the right thing to do today. And a few things you hear there, obviously the abundance of caution was uh, repeated and reinforced with Kathy Engelbert. Um, you know, it it's a situation where there have been no incidents of players whilst in the wobble contracting coronavirus. Any inconclusive tests have, uh, after further testing, resulted in negative tests. So again, w- there have been no challenges. I'm making some assumptions here and we'll hear from the commissioner and I'm actually recording this before the commissioner speaks at 3 p.m. and then the remainder of the show will come after the commissioner speaks but hopefully we'll get some answers there but the assumption as of right now for this part of the show is that it's because there were multiple Seattle Storm players that had inconclusive tests that it was deemed that instead of making those players ineligible that perhaps the league wanted to Um, take caution and make sure there wasn't an outbreak. That's kind of what I heard Kathy Engelbert say, although um, 
I don't think that's explicitly what she said, but we'll hopefully find out. The, the number of players, again, we're, we're running up on uh, within the hour that Kathy Engelbert will speak to media uh, at, at the time of this part of the recording. Um, we haven't heard how many Seattle Storm players have uh, had inconclusive tests, um, and we still don't know. But uh, as of earlier today, around 1 o'clock today, we got word that the commissioner would be available. And you know, this is something, honestly, that took some work. Uh, Kathy Engelbert, I know I was one of the reporters, and, and from what I understand, there were others as well. But, you know, it's one thing you have that airtime. ESPN was scheduled to play a WNBA game and broadcast a WNBA game. Holly Rowe is in the wobble. Kathy Engelbert's in the wobble. You have that there. Get that completely. But again, there's follow-up questions. Anyone who is a beat writer for the Seattle Storm or the Minnesota Lynx in particular, I mean, they're going to want to have specific questions answered and just weren't given that opportunity up until um, a little bit later this afternoon we will. And again, the second half of this episode, you'll get to hear that. But that was a bit frustrating. And... um, I'm glad that the WNBA came around, but, you know, that, that's that's a little bit tough. It's tough to cover a league and not be given... It's one thing, you know, access, exclusives. That is... That's a really uh, slippery slope. But the one thing is that if, if media is asking, um, you know, that that's because we, we want to make sure our story, that's that's our job, is to relay as much information as possible. Yeah, of course, you always, if you can get it first, great, but you want your story to be accurate um, and to answer the questions that you yourself and, and that you think your readership might have. So hoping to get some of those answers. But earlier today, uh, today is Tuesday, September 22nd, again, National Voter Registration Day. Earlier today, we got word um, officially that play would resume. Now, why I say officially is because, um, it, particularly in the playoffs, I've noticed it in the playoffs, but media members have been given kind of like the, the upcoming schedule that's sent to us Um it's, a, it's an NBA.com account, so, you know, someone from the front office. And they send us just, you know, what's the next slate on Sunday at around 10 p.m. Eastern time. We get that for Tuesday's games, for today's games. Tuesday, September 22nd, Connecticut at Las Vegas, game two, 7 p.m. ESPN2, court number one. But underneath that, Tuesday, September 22nd, Minnesota at Seattle, game one. 9 p.m. ESPN2. So that's the first update that we got that the postponed game for Sunday would be rescheduled essentially for the slot that they already had. So that was the first piece of information that we got. Um, Then we got a belated update from the Seattle Storm. So now... Just to give you an, uh, an idea of, of how this goes, um, 5 p.m. the day before a, a game day, uh, rosters are due and any injury report, etc., etc. So we get an injury report at 6.01 p.m. 
uh, yesterday. Seattle says there are no injuries to report for the Seattle Storm for tomorrow's game against the Minnesota Lynx. Note, additional team COVID-19 testing results pending. So that's the only update regarding the, the COVID uh, testing that we got came from Seattle yesterday. Again, uh, no word officially from the commissioner or from the league. And then we open up to today. And first email that we get, well, I guess they came at the same time. Uh, we get two emails at 1.06 p.m. this afternoon. Again, this is Tuesday, September 22nd, National Voter Registration Day. We get an email saying that Commissioner Kathy Engelbert will be made available via conference call. And then the other email that we get, I'll read to you. Um, the WNBA had postponed the game. Uh, between the Seattle Storm and the Minnesota Lynx, originally scheduled for Sunday, September 20th, due to Storm players returning inconclusive COVID-19 test results Sunday. The players in question have all undergone extensive additional testing and have been cleared to rejoin the team, other than one player who most recently tested negative and is awaiting the results of a second test taken 24 hours apart from the first, pursuant to the WNBA health and safety protocols. The health and safety of all players and staff continue to be our top priority. After comprehensive consultation with health and safety specialists following the additional testing of Seattle's players and staff, as well as the implementation of contact tracing, we feel confident in moving forward with the Storm and Lynx taking the court for game one of their semifinals series. We are closely monitoring the situation and are coordinating with medical specialists. That quote is Kathy Engelbert, who will be speaking to media shortly. So, I mean, here's the thing. Obviously, I want to be clear that I do feel that the WNBA is taking the proper precautions from a medical perspective. I, I, I mean, I, I have no information to the contrary. What, as they say in the South, burns my grits a little bit is just that media was not able to kind of follow the story as it was happening. And that's kind of what we do. Even when people were asking for uh, clarification and access, uh, it really wasn't provided. So that was a little bit frustrating, um, but to be determined. So further along in this episode, I'm going to recap what we got in the semifinals. Of course, I'm sure you know by now that the semifinals, we have Connecticut with a, a one game lead. It's a best of five series. So you've got to win three games. Uh, Connecticut has a, a one game lead over the Las Vegas Aces and they play game two tonight. And we haven't seen what is to transpire yet in game one for Minnesota and Seattle. That will happen tonight. But it's all very exciting. I will give you the winners and losers of game one of Connecticut and Las Vegas. And as I mentioned, I am recording this first part of the episode before the press conference. And I am going to pause my recording of this episode to take that call. Um, synthesize it for you and, and I'll be right back and, and you'll get that. So as soon as I know, you will know. And finally, I'll give you some predictions, uh, things that I'm looking for from all four teams as they 
head through the semifinals. So all of that coming up next on Locked On Women's Basketball Tuesday edition with Erica Lindsay Ayala. Hey, we're talking playoffs. That means we're talking best of the best. And who is better than our friends? RockAuto.com, a family business that has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you go to RockAuto.com, you can shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, the prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals as do-it-yourselfers. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your vehicle and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Again, write or type locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com all right, we heard from Kathy Engelbert just now. Hey, this is what we love. We love semi-quasi, a hybrid version of live radio, but I waited to record because I wanted to uh, see if we'd get more word on COVID uh, testing. Here's what we heard from Kathy Engelbert, who addressed the media, the full media, uh, for the first time since the inconclusive tests. And... What I got from this, and I actually asked Kathy directly, um, we found out that it's three Seattle Storm players that had inconclusive tests. Those names were not revealed. You know, there's likely a lot of reasons for that, including privacy. Um, So those players, at the time of the inconclusive test, uh, once teams were notified, those players were quarantined. Um, Another thing that I think is important is, um, again, we have two players from the Seattle Storm that have since their inconclusive test received their results back and have received not only their results back, but have received a negative test, which is required for them to rejoin the team. So they've done that. There is one Seattle player that their test is not back at the time that Kathy spoke to us, so 3 p.m. It was expected to get that test back sometime in the afternoon. We're well within to the afternoon now, so we're waiting to see no report as of the time I'm recording this of that third test. And um, only Seattle, only the players impacted were quarantined um, after the test results. Um, So... We'll see what happens. Honestly, we're still waiting uh, to answer another question that I've seen kind of popping around the internet and the interwebs is why postpone the game and not forfeit or whatnot. Um, It sounds as though first thing that Kathy Engelbert made very clear is that COVID (laughs) as a virus, but also COVID, thus COVID protocols are ever changing because COVID is unpredictable. Um... So everything was always going to be with the best interest of the players and staff. So when the league saw that there were multiple inconclusive tests, if you assume that those tests will eventually be positive, what you don't want is a contaminant. Um, So if you treat that as if it is a positive, although it is not, and you quarantine and isolate that, the hope was that 
if they if those were positive tests, if you remove and, and if you shut down operations, then you can control um, and you can do kind of contact tracing, etc. It's a lot more work to do that when you have multiple players as opposed to, you know, I don't think that Seattle should have had to forfeit um, moving forward um, players that have inconclusive or positive tests will be removed. And as long as a team has enough players to field a, a, a team, so it, I guess maybe five, minimum six, uh, then the WNBA expects to move forward. However, Kathy Engelbert also said that, again, this is contingent on what information we have, what we think is best. So they're going by the science, going by the data, but also using good sense and wanting to be on the same page. So that's what we know going into the 7 p.m. game. And that's also why that game was moved to 9 p.m. to hopefully give the league a little more time to sort things out um, and just be as safe and sure as possible. In the first two segments, I talked a lot about Kathy Engelbert and the WNBA kind of game planning, if you will, for tonight's game. But let's talk about what we're going to see tonight. There are two games, the Las Vegas Aces game and uh, the Connecticut Sun game two got bumped. That was supposed to be the 9 p.m. game. But as Kathy Engelbert said, and you heard a little bit from the snippets, wanted to just make sure they had as much time to go through COVID protocol and um, see if they can't get that final negative test. Uh, we still don't have word yet. If, as I'm recording this, we get final confirmation one way or the other for the third Seattle player. Again, I asked Kathy Engelbert and she told us, Three players had inconclusive tests. Um, I will let you know. But at 7 p.m., we are going to see the Las Vegas Aces try to redeem themselves from the 87-62 loss that they suffered at the hands of the Connecticut Sun in Game 1. If we break down the four quarters, first quarter... Favored the Sun, but uh, they outscored the Aces 14-10. to 10. All right, not bad. Then we get into the second quarter, 22-15 to 15 in favor of Connecticut, 28-16, and then a closer fourth quarter, 23-21. But Las Vegas did not win any of the four quarters. Uh, when it comes to scoring, you had Jackie Young with 17 points and Asia Wilson with 19 points. Um, McBride, Allen, and Dierka Hamby, all with four points. Angel McCautry with six. So offensively, not much happening. On the other side of the ball, 31 points for Jasmine Thomas. Three for six from the three-point line. 13 of 18 from the floor. Jasmine Thomas, amazing, amazing performance. And even was wowing her teammates, we'll hear from them in a little bit. Alyssa Thomas with 18 points. Natisha Heideman from the bench, 14. That's solid. Um, Beatrice Montpremier, four points, but really some amazing defensive sets, especially as Brianna Jones got into some foul trouble. She was not very productive. Two points overall for Brianna Jones, who got into early foul trouble. 
Um, you heard Las Vegas talk a lot, and I'll play some of it for you, but they, they just were outworked. During the game, there was a huddle where Bill and Beer was saying, like, listen, whatever you do, don't give up. You know, that's not our, that's not our M.O., and I don't want to see it. If that's what you want to do, you let me know, and I'll sit you right now. But, uh, you know, I, I, uh, flat, I guess, uh, disengaged. It's kind of how Las Vegas came out, not really making any other excuses or explanations for how they played. But let's hear from Las Vegas, first from head coach Bill Ambeer, then Kayla McBride and Asia Wilson after their loss to Connecticut. Uh, if you wouldn't mind starting with an opening statement following today's game one semifinal loss to the Sun. Uh, we got beat. We got beat soundly. Uh, they came played harder than us. Uh, you could tell from the early part of the game, we really didn't have any cohesiveness about our offense uh, for whatever reasons. There are no excuses. We just didn't play well offensively, give the credit to their defense. They just switched and a little more physical than normal. That's playoff basketball. We didn't handle it very well. Uh, we didn't move. We didn't do anything at all. Uh, and then, you know, our, our frustrations start to kick in. When you can't score and you're shooting poorly, uh, you get a little frustrated. And it carried over into our defense, and they just put the hammer down and, and beat us. Uh, they, did, they did a good job. Yeah, Kayla, um, can you just talk a little bit about Jasmine? It just seemed like once she got going, it, there was nothing. You know, she just went into a zone. Was that just one of those games where a player – just kind of you, you can't really stop her sure i mean jazz is already a proven point guard in this league you know that um and you know she's an all-star she's a defensive player uh, you know she does a lot of different things so we know what she's capable of and she she did that tonight she obviously has been in and out of injuries and she looked good tonight or today i guess and you know we have to adjust we know that they're a dangerous team and and she's the she's the head of that snake along with Lisa thomas so um, like I said, we have to adjust and, and just play harder and understand that, you know, we're, we're playing for something bigger than just one game. And we're trying to win a series against a team that has a lot of experience. So, um, yeah. Their offensive rebounding, they've got a lot of players that seem to crash the boards really well, um, and they really seem to hurt you guys in that area. What can you do um, to try to be better in that area for game two? Put a body on them. Uh, find somebody and put a body on them. And Bill always says, you know, sometimes you got to take yourself out of the play uh, to make sure that they don't come up with it. And, and that's those are possessions that they don't need that we need uh, to take care of. And I think that's something that's on us. I think the best thing about this loss is a lot of things that we can control. Uh, and that's what we're going to do. Hey, Asia, you managed to score like 19 points in game one of the series. How satisfied would you with the performance and how you plan to improve on a certain point one three point shooting percentage going to the next game? Um, I'm not that satisfied uh, because we lost. Uh, I, I feel like I could do more for my team. I didn't come out and play as hard as I could. Uh, at the end of the day, that's my biggest thing is making sure that we come up with the win and, and we didn't. So I got to go back to the drawing board, see how I can improve. Uh, what can I do? Can I, how can I get my teammates more involved in doing things like that? We just got to, we, we shot the ball horrible today. Like we were like 25%. That's not us. Uh, that's just something that we just got to knock down. Of course, there's going to be rust. We haven't played in a week. Um, I mean, that's just on us. I think we're just going to slowly get back into the groove of things. But, I mean, we don't even need to worry about that three-point line right now. We need to worry about our defense. And as I mentioned earlier, on the other side of the ball, Connecticut really getting it done. The disrespect campaign is back. Um, I, I'm going to play a little clip from Jasmine about that. But, I mean, Jasmine Thomas was the 
was the talk of the town. She had a, a record 22 first half points against the Aces on that September 20th. Um, just, just a really solid game. Um, Jasmine Thomas able to, you know, manipulate through space, uh, sagging on the screen, and Jazz Thomas can make those shots. Um, but let's hear Kurt Miller talk about it. Head coach Kurt Miller talk a little bit about it and, um, you know, how important this win was. And then we'll hear from, uh, Natisha Heideman, uh, (laughs) a little bit about, uh, her reaction to how Jazz Thomas was playing. And then we'll hear from Jasmine Thomas as well, who, among other things, uh, hits on the disrespect campaign yes highlight that ct at the end of disrespect uh again coach kurt miller natisa heideman and jasmine thomas from the connecticut sun uh just a credit um to our players tenacity to their toughness um you know vegas can really bully you and and really uh play excellent basketball but um you know that was about 13, 14, 15 less field goals made in a game than they have been making against us um, down here in this bubble season. So, um, you know, tremendous job holding them to 23 made field goals. While they still almost went to the foul line 20 times, again, uh, in stretches, did a really good job of trying to keep them off the glass. But, um, you know, everything tonight was energy, effort, a tenacity uh, individually, but locked in as a group on uh, trying to stay cohesive as a group defensively. Yeah, disappointed. There's anxiety for our team. Um, you know, everyone's so close in this league. We've done such a great job of keeping COVID out of our bubble. Um, you know, just hope that they these are uh, false positives. We have had some false positives throughout this process, but such a low percentage. I think the thing that's concerning is the multiple, the multiple uh, positives right now. So uh, we'll just take it game by, you know, day by day. Um, and, and, you know, afterwards we had uh, Kathy speak to our team. Uh, we had Terry Jackson, who's head of the players union um, in our locker room to ask questions of our players if there was any concern. Obviously none of us knew what was going on until we got back to the locker room and players start picking up their phone. So we didn't know. Um, so we just wanted them not to hear through TV, uh, through social media. We wanted to, them to hear from the people. So we had Kathy come in and speak with our team. And and then the players union was immediately there to talk to our players. So, uh, you know, that's why we're, we're taking care of the players right now and, and their mindsets uh, first and foremost uh, before we got to you tonight. So appreciate your patience. Thanks, Kurt. Natisha, four or five from deep for you, 14 points. How, how, what was working for you out there? Man, if the last one went in, I was going to set the roof off. But um, I just think that uh, I've been practicing, like, teams are going under me. And um, obviously, I haven't shot the, the, the ball well, like, this year. But I'm, my confidence is still there. My coaches and teammates believe in me. So when I get the opportunity, I'm still going to shoot it. Um, obviously, we were hitting tonight. Everybody was hitting. It was, it was a good game. What can you possibly say about Jazz there in the first half today? Man, she was on fire today. Um, like I said, she's our team captain, well, a leader. And um, 
obviously, like, I don't, I really don't even got words to say. She was just going crazy the whole game. Um, I think at a point she had more points than the whole uh, Las Vegas team. So that's a statement right there. She can bring that every game. And I hope she bring it next game too. Jasmine, you have had some some big scoring games before. We've we've seen that from you. But all things considered, um, w- when did you sort of know? When did you sort of just feel it out there today? This was going to be a, a really huge game for you. Um, honestly, we talked about it in the scout. Just you know, what opportunities would be open for me? Um, kind of all season, they've been going under uh, in the tunnel um, and kind of playing me soft there. So I knew the pull up would be there. Took the first few of them without a conscience, with a lot of confidence, because I knew my teammates were expecting me to. And once those went in, I just felt good. Um, You know what, at this point, I think that's just something that everybody else is talking about. Us in our locker room, we know what we're capable of. We've known it all season. Even with the 0-5 start, we knew we'd be right here. (laughs) Do you like playing with the chip on your shoulder? Um, I do. I feel like that's the kind of player I am. I've been doing that since my first year in the league. And um, I just never feel like I've arrived or like our team's arrived. We know we can always improve and get better. And um, even when we play well, we look back on film and we're like, but we could have been even better. Thank you. So what are we going to see tonight? Las Vegas is not going to want to be embarrassed the way they were. And Alyssa Thomas mentioned it in postgame. You know, they they have to be prepared. Uh, The Connecticut Sun have to be prepared that the Las Vegas Aces are going to come out swinging. Something that was said, you know, in passing here and there from both postgames, Connecticut played a physical game, and that's the MO of Las Vegas. Las Vegas didn't have that energy. They didn't have that physicality. So I'm expecting a physical game, and both of these teams can withstand a physical game. Uh, I have documented on this podcast before that uh, there's been at least two teams the Chicago Sky and the New York Liberty who felt that the Aces benefited from calls. And I'm going to be honest, I I do think that Las Vegas uh, compared to Connecticut is, uh, has benefited from calls throughout the, the wobble season. No idea what that's going to look like or if it will even be uh, an issue in the playoffs, but I am expecting a physical game. And that does mean that officials, referees, are going to be a bigger part of how this goes down. That's that's my guess. If I had to take a winner, hmm. Oh boy, I think I think Connecticut is gonna win game two. I think Connecticut's gonna win game two. I still think we have a chance at a four or five game series, um, but I'm gonna go with Connecticut in this one. Uh, so we'll see. I think it'll be a lot closer, but I'm going with Connecticut. As far as game two, now here's the thing. Again, at the time that I'm recording this, because this is the last segment that I recorded, uh, we don't know as of right now if Seattle will be with that third player. Lachina Robinson asked a really great question to Kathy Engelbert that I'm not sure that Lachina got exactly the detail that she wanted, but Lachina asked about when the players that had the inconclusive tests were able to make their way back to um, to practice. And, you know, 
if this negative test had an impact on practice, either um, what Seattle could do or what the players from Seattle could do, and we, we they have not uh, disclosed the names of the players, but, um, you know, practice is important at this stage, especially because Seattle has not played a game since their last regular season game. Minnesota has, obviously Las Vegas and Connecticut have, but Seattle, you know, if if they missed out on a practice, I think they had shoot around today, but you know, you miss out on a practice and and that's really tough uh, to get legs back. Some of that stiffness or or the rust was talked about a lot for the game 1 in the series versus Las Vegas and Connecticut. So we'll see what happens again. As of me recording this, we don't we don't know. We don't know if, if that uh, third player was able to clear protocol, um, but we will find out soon. Predictions. Oh man, I kind of want to give Minnesota the edge, just because I think maybe it'll be a little more fresh. Uh, you don't know with the, with the quarantining of at least three players how that will impact uh, Seattle. Um, I think if Seattle loses no players, and um, I think Seattle has the overwhelming advantage in this series, but um, Minnesota played a not-so-pretty game against Phoenix, but got the win against a really high-octane offense. Minnesota can make this interesting. I think I'm going to say this series goes four, uh, and I'm going to do this. If Minnesota, you know, I think Minnesota needs to get either game one or game two. Uh, I'm going to give them the edge. So I'm taking Minnesota game one, um, and I think we go at least four. So, so there we go. I've got Connecticut and Minnesota for tonight's games. Who you got? Let us know. Follow us on Locked on WBB. That's where you can find us on Twitter. And of course, you should subscribe. If you're enjoying this conversation, just you and me, no one else listening. <laughs> if you're enjoying this conversation, uh, please subscribe. We're really excited about what we're doing here on Locked on Women's Basketball, but we need your help to share the good word of what we're doing and to make sure that we continue to grow the game that we all love. Until next time, this is Erica Ayala, signing out.